What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a lot to discuss on today's show. We have, of course, it's been a week since we got to talk about the Avengers Endgame TV spot. We did the show last Saturday uh, in preparation for the Super Bowl. Um, of course, the Super Bowl ended up having that, uh, that, that big Avengers spot. So we want to talk about that. We also want to talk about uh, some, some a new movie that's being developed by DC that I don't think really anyone expected. Uh, and surprisingly, it seems to be getting off the ground, ground fairly quickly. So we'll talk about that as well as um, we're going to talk about Pennyworth for the first time, I think, in a while. This is the series, if you remember, uh, focused on Alfred Pennyworth, the executive producer, made some comments about what we can expect from that show debuting in June. And we have plenty more on this show, so it should be fun. Of course, we have our show recaps at the end. Today, it will be Supergirl and Arrow. So, looking forward to that. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, I want to toss this to you. This is, I think, a developing, kind of breaking story here. But uh, we got this covered, uh, posted a couple days ago, that it seems like uh, Carlos Valdez, who plays Cisco Ramon in The Flash could very well be on his way out after uh, season five. So this is not something we had really expected, though it did seem like his character arc is uh, has been kind of reflective of maybe what the actual actor feels, Valdez feeling like he wants to kind of move on from this show that he's now been attached to for, for more than five or six years now. Uh, this would definitely be a big blow for the show. Cisco has been... Uh, a very integral to supporting character. What do you make of this news that he could be he could be gone as early as the end of the season? Uh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's kind of saddening news. I think he's one of the better supporting characters in the CW verse period. Honestly, um, when it comes to the characters that I enjoy seeing, who you know uh, makes me laugh, who I root for. You know, Cisco's kind of been a constant since season one. <laughs> you know, so uh, I uh, I don't know. I mean, they have other sources of comic relief now. I mean, they have Ralph. Yeah. You know, um, so I mean, Wells. Yeah, they yeah, they have the Sherlock Wells. You know, whatever. So I mean, they have you know, I guess they have comedy in the show without Cisco. Yeah, he's actually now kind of... He doesn't bring nearly as comedy. He was, like, relied on for a comic relief in yeah. the first two seasons. Yeah, now I would much, say yeah. that that mantle's kind of been handed to Ralph and Sherlock. Yeah. This so, season, for sure. So, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, if he... Uh, if they don't want to do anything with him anymore, I mean, his story's kind of... His story arc has kind of gone... Come and gone, you know, full circle. You know, what they're, with how they're writing his story right now... It wouldn't be out of place for him to leave, mm-hmm. you know. I think it would be better than better than what happened with Wally, where he was just yeah. That scene they definitely seemed left. more flat footed with the Wally thing. <laughs> right, Wally yeah, was, was being put on a new show. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we there was no word about him wanting to leave. It seemed like they were rationing up his involvement yeah. as Kid Flash, and, and everything with him and and, and Jesse Quick and. Yeah, other stuff, and then he's just gone. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think, uh, I think, uh, Keon, I believe his name is. I can't remember. Uh, Keenan Lonzo. Keenan Lonzo. Keenan Lonzo. I think that um, 
he definitely, I think, maybe caught uh, them a little more flat-footed than mm-hmm. Valdez is, if this is all true. Because, again, it seems like to us, with him talking about this cure and not wanting to be a metahuman anymore, that it, it does seem to be leading to that track of, yeah, it would make sense that maybe he wouldn't be on the show uh, or at this point. Um, so that's interesting. That's the story we're going to continue to follow. Joining me also on the show is Kendall, speaking of another actor who's been kind of in limbo, Henry Cavill, really became a, a big story this week, Kendall, with uh, the reports that he, you know, he there uh, there was a window open for him to return to be Superman in the DC Universe under Warner Brothers, but that he needed, you know, crazy creative control over the script, over who the director will be. Um, there's word that he may have shot a cameo in uh, Shazam, and then he he did that picture where he posed with himself at his gym that he's working out for for the new Netflix series that he's on. Uh, he posed himself saying, you know, you know, you know, I work out with Superman, and it was a statue of himself in the Superman costume. So he the, now his team has rejected the notion that he has somehow demanded these like excessive. Uh, powers over the, the production of the next Superman movie, but Kendall, do you now feel like there's an avenue open for Cavill to return as the Man of Steel again? Uh, first, first, let me let me talk about Cisco. Uh, yeah. I feel like that was um, it, it was definitely sad news because obviously Cisco uh has always been a positive character for the show. At the same time, he his storyline was kind of in limbo. Like, you know, his character was in limbo and his, his storyline wasn't really going anywhere. Um, we'll see what happens this season, but I, you know, he he had become beyond, like, his impact in terms of, like, the, like, the, the story. Yeah, the like, crime you know, all, element. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, we need, like, a science guy. We need a, a right. genius. Like, he fits that narrative, but, like, beyond that, we'll, what has been Cisco's use. Um, they have they haven't really used him in many many regards. So, uh, and like you said, his comic relief has kind of been toned down uh, in the last season or two. So, it kind of makes sense from that perspective. Um, but with Cavill, uh, I don't know this Cavill stuff. I mean, we, call me when he gets when, when he gets casted, or call me when they when we have a report from the Hollywood Reporter or Deadline or Variety. Superman movie in the works from Warner Brothers because they I mean the odds that at this point with everything that's been reported that he is going to do another Superman movie are extremely low um I would be shocked I'd be willing to bet money we'll never see him uh in a Superman movie again I I think it might be in Warner Brothers best interest to just recast at this point if you're going to recast Ben Affleck why not recast Henry Cavill? And it's not even a I don't like Cavill thing. It's just you're gonna need a fresh start. This is you know the both both on the court and off the court, for lack of a better term, both on screen and off screen rather. Um, this has been kind of a mess. This relationship, so might be time to just move on to a, a different Superman if we ever get to that point. Not to spend too much time on this, but conspiracy theory has has thoughts on, on what, what this whole Cavill thing was this week. I think um, 
possibly he saw the success of Aquaman and it surprised him. I think he saw that and said, hmm, walking away from this may not be the smartest thing from a money, fame standpoint. Uh, but I don't trust this organization. What, what happens if I put heat on them? And what's the reaction going to be if I press them to try to come back somehow? So I think that because there's no there's no reason for DC to leak that story that he wanted creative control. I don't see that doesn't behoove them in any way because you would I would think that they would want him back. Uh, so why they would try to make him look like the bad guy in an attempt to bring him back doesn't make any sense. So I think that he leaked that out there that he oh I could come back but I would need extensive creative control. And let me also take this picture next to a Superman statue. And let's see how the fans reacted. It seemed to me the fans reacted very positively. I saw a lot of people that were excited that, wow, well, maybe there is hope that we could have a Superman movie very soon. And, in fact, he will be back in the fold. When we when his trainer posted the Instagram post kind of explaining what happened, you see that it, it seems like a troll to me, what he did. But it's like, okay, well, why would you troll the fans I don't think he was trolling the fans I think he was trolling DC in a way but I also think he kind of was throwing a test balloon out to see what would happen if I did come back and I'm sure Warner Brothers wasn't I don't think they were probably very happy with his antics this week um, and I will call them antics I cannot confirm the whole I want creative control thing because that's reporting that I don't have I will say him taking a picture of Superman amongst this crazy week with all this speculation with him was obviously antics. And, and I'm sure they probably felt like they were in a tough spot. I think Cavill was probably good to make them feel that way because now maybe it at least starts the dialogue. There has to be a dialogue in-house now, guys, that Warner Brothers had to say, well, do we entertain bringing him back if we see that the fan reaction so far seems to have been very positive? Because I think that when, he got, when, he, they, when they separated, the fan reaction, I think, for the most part, was negative. And I think a lot of it's done from even if you didn't like any of his movies, it became a thing. Well, now the Superman saga is over. You know, this story they were trying to tell with the Superman is done. And now we, we don't know. They're saying we're not going to get a Superman for a long time, which no one wanted, regardless of whether or not you didn't like Apple. So so my conspiracy theory is I think that he kind of put this week out there to see what is exactly the relationship in terms of the fans and their wanting them wanting to see him as Superman. And the fact that they also kind of reiterated this week that, look, we have a respect for the Superman character. We love Superman. And they, they still have never made an official statement saying, I am done. It just seemed like this was all very deliberate this week. And I think that he would have won the week. I think that now there are people that have hope and are now calling on DC to bring him back. That's my conspiracy on this. Am I crazy on, on any of this? Is there any part of me that makes me look like a... Alex Jones, all right. <laughs> the, the, the green, the green, the green people are coming out. Or I don't know. I feel like there are obvious things here that line up as to why this would have happened. Because no one was talking about Cavill or Superman. It was not under the lexicon of any of this until this week, and it was all based on him. Nothing from Warner Brothers. Um, I. I I don't know. 
I mean, it's possible. He seems to want to be Superman. I, I agree. think that's obvious. I agree. I think that's very obvious. I don't think he's hiding it. <laughs> you know, he enjoyed playing Superman. And it seems like he would con- enjoy continuing pl- to play Superman. It was some kind of something happened behind the scenes. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Something happened to where there were just differences with what he wanted and what they wanted, and they just fell out. Yeah. He wants to play Superman again. I think he's making that clear in, you know, what he is stating stated this week. You know, I think if he's trying to strong arm Warner Brothers or DC, I think that's very foolish. I don't know if that's what he's trying to do. But, you know. Why would you think that was foolish? Because they're going to do what they want to do. And he he's not, um, he doesn't have that kind of star power. I don't think. If I'm if I'm going to be the defense lawyer for evil Cavill in this case, this would be him being like conniving. Uh, if I'm going to be his defense lawyer, I would say, but this is a company that has been known to definitely capitulate to public appeal. So, if me pressing them, this is a company that that has proven that they are they were they have they have before bowed to you know the public in terms of. Story to storyline development or decisions moving forward with certain movies, and this is a, this is a company that very much cares a lot about their perception amongst the fans. Wouldn't wouldn't hit the if if what I am saying is true, and this is what happened this week. Wouldn't everything he did make DC look kind of like the bad guy in a way, and kind of make them kind of now have the ball in their court as to what they're going to do with it. I I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Mm-hmm. I feel like they know, like, um, I feel like they know they have fans in that, because the DC fans are very rabid. Right, know? but they, they're rabid because they love, but they love Cavill. They weren't happy that, they, oh, that yeah. he was done. Yeah, and I think they know that. I don't th- I, yeah, I, Which is why, I, that's what I'm trying to say. So, if, this is a, a company that knows that fan base. If I'm Cavill, wouldn't I want to use that kind of against them to give me more money, give me more power, yeah. and then get the job I always wanted? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I guess there I isn't. Situation. I guess there isn't any downside for Cavill. So in that sense, I, I'm probably wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's going to get what he wants. You just don't think it'll work. I don't think it's going to work. Right. I don't think there's any chance it's going to work. Okay. Whatever yeah. fell out, fallout happened. They didn't want to. I don't think they wanted to get rid of Cavill either. I think this is just whatever happened, it just happened. Whether it's them looking at market shares or whatever, just crunching the numbers and saying, this guy being on our team isn't working. Mm-hmm. Whatever decision they came to or whatever contract he demanded, it's just he's not going to get it. Some, something's got to get. Yeah. You know, I think this is just one of those business, just straight business decisions where something's got to get somewhere. Can okay, no, any last thoughts on this in my conspiracy? Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I agree with what you're saying in that, like, they, these, these, deci- this decision was made for a reason. I, I don't know if anything that's come about. I, I do agree. I, I understand what you're saying with the whole Al- Aquaman thing. I'm not sure, though, if anything that's happened, any developments that's happened since are going to, ch- is going to change what Warner Brothers feels. Uh, I would agree with that. I don't I don't I, I don't I don't disagree that I don't disagree that you guys don't think it will work. I don't think it'll work either. But I part of me does feel like I feel like there was no avenue before. I think he did open an avenue to 
where at least they got to talk about it. And I'm sure there are people in the house that would be for it. I just don't know if it'll be enough voices, especially when I think the guy who's running in charge, Hamada, was the guy that pushed him out, and he's not going anywhere. Right. So that that's how I uh, I look at it. But these, I mean, between uh, Valdez, between Cavill, these, of course, again, are going to be two very uh, interesting stories, especially when you see the story then today about him appearing against Shazam. It, you know, which he could have been, had been done. This might not be anything new, but um, it's all stuff to pay attention to, some stuff to be uh, to be curious about. But let's uh, let's move on. Let's start with the show talking about uh, Avengers. So, of course, again, it's been a week, so a lot of people have broke down, double broke down. I dissected the TV spot. We have not done anything on the TV spot because we recorded it, our podcast last week before the TV spot dropped during the Super Bowl. But we did get our second bit of footage of the fourth Avengers movie, courtesy of a Super Bowl ad last week. It shows um, a dystopian Marvel universe. Uh, we see boats washed ashore at Liberty Island. We see cars smashed up against each other outside the city field. Shout out to city field. I'm, I'm happy. Are the Russos from Queens? I, feel, I don't know why I, I feel like they're from Queens. I know they're from New York, but I feel like that was definitely a thing done on purpose to shout out the Mets. So as a Mets fan on this show, I was happy to see City Field. Anyway, uh, City, <laughs> we see the, the situation at City Field is not good. Um, some in the world are trying to move forward from Thanos' snap, and I think that's kind of the theme of the whole trailer. We see Steve Rogers at a support group for those grieving from losing loved ones. Uh but like I said, the kind of the theme is that while maybe the world, despite the terrible situation it's in, is trying to move on to some degree, these Avengers are not ready to move on. We hear Steve Rogers say some people move on, but not us. Uh, we see the new crew featuring Rocket, War Machine, Cap, Natasha, Thor, and Ant-Man rallying to their new mission. We see a shot of what looks like Thor maybe pulling up to Thanos' new home. Uh, the, the, the kind of, uh, you know... You know, cornfield type place he was in. It looked like Thor ended up pulling up there in some kind of ship with his gear on. So I don't know if that's a fight scene that's about to happen. Uh, and we also, for the first time, actually see Tony and Nebula actually trying to fix their ship. The last time we saw them, things looked very bad. And there, you actually saw Tony working. And it kind of brought me back to, like, you know, Iron Man 1, where he's working with, uh, uh, he's working on his suit with the old dude. And he's hammering the uh, he's hammering the stuff. He's got the big he's got you know the flexing muscles, and he looks right. you know it's just iconic stuff they did in that movie. Um, seeing him working with Nebula, I kind of got the same vibe. Now, I know especially that they were trying to go with those same vibes uh, with that shot as well. So uh, and there's also an interesting shot where the, the, the team runs out of uh, Ven- the Avengers headquarters, and it looks like some ship is landing. And I think that might actually be Tony's ship. But uh, a lot to take away from this. We also got a little bit of tidbits this week. We got the uh, Russos confirming that uh, the movie's uh, current three-hour runtime is, in fact, uh, likely to stick for now. Uh, he says that the Russo brothers say that right now it is um, it's definitely moving in a way. The fans are receiving in a way that they don't feel the need to have to cut it. But, of course, you know things can change by the time we get to the, when the movie is close to being released. And we actually got our first official synopsis for this movie uh, from Disney's Australian website. Uh, The synopsis reads, After the devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins due to the efforts of the mad titan Thanos. 
With the help of the remaining allies, the Avengers must assemble once more in order to undo Thanos' actions and restore order to the universe once and for all, no matter what the consequences may be in store. Uh, Sham, what do you make of this spot? What do you make of the synopsis? What do you make of the three-hour runtime with the Avengers? What do you make of everything happening with Endgame that we learned this week? Um, I like the TV spot. It was very much a TV spot. Everything they've shown so far is not much. Mm-hmm. to go on so there's not much to talk about there honestly from from my point of view no disrespect to all the people that are completely dissecting it um uh you know the spot was good you got a couple cool shots um i'm still waiting for that that main trailer that story trailer where we see thanos I keep asking the question will we ever get that i don't think we're ever getting that you don't think we're ever getting that I think that's the point. Maybe not. Maybe not a, a, a trailer that's gonna like you know spoil the movie, but like something to show what the fight is. The, but the the what we've been hearing, and again, we haven't heard anything official from Marvel. But what we've been hearing is that it's the only the first twenty minutes is showing any. Oh, excuse me. Um, any any only seeing the first twenty minutes in any promotional footage for this movie. I don't know why they're doing that. Because they didn't do that in, in Infinity War. I think there's more than twenty minutes of footage in this. In this spot, personally, I think the shot of Captain America strapping his, 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 uh, his actual shield. I don't think that's from. I think that could be the end of the movie. Late, late in the movie. Okay, but yeah, I don't know. Typically, I'm, that's that's been the word that we're yeah, only I'm, getting yeah. stuff from. And that's what that's minutes. what Feige said. And well, I'm, Feige did say that. I didn't yeah, yeah, he himself said that. Mm. Yeah, I watched the interview where where he said that. I don't know why. I don't know why they are doing that. Or. I don't know why they would continue doing that. I think they're I, I think they're gonna come out with a trailer at some point that's gonna show more mm. of the movie. It may not go past even the first like half an hour or something. But I think it'll show more. Mm. It'll show the fight. It'll show Thanos. <laughs> it'll show uh you know, the Avengers, it'll show maybe the Hulk, you know, we'll see more. But They I have to like, sell the movie. You know? They have to sell it, you know? Infinity that's War all, that's what I always say. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm with you this time, Kendall. I mean, Infinity War was huge, but and and, and it's it's still huge, but I don't think they could just go off of that alone and and just teases, you know, and then just say, oh, the new Avengers movie is coming out, go see it. Some people are still bummed. Some people are still like, well, everyone died in the last one. (laughs) Yeah, some people took that seriously. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. Yeah, like we kind of like saw it because we we know the stuff. We know like I mean, yeah, Spider Man is gonna be back. You know, Black Panther is gonna be back. So like, I mean, we're still invested, but there are some people that are like, damn, yo, Spider Man is gone. Yeah, why do I why do I go to see this one? This one don't have Spider Man in it. Yeah, guys, I talked to people recently that come up to me like, yo, man, no Black Panther. I'm like, yo, Black Panther is coming back. <laughs> Calm down. But like, people who aren't into again aren't into the stuff like we are, and they haven't heard about no Black Panther sequel, and they just see him die. They're like, yo, how they do Black Panther like that? Like, yep. And like, like, yeah, that that joint affected people. Um. So sorry, give you back the floor, Shan. Yeah. So so I think we're gonna get something, but you know, until we do, I, I there isn't really much for me to analyze here uh, in terms of the TV spot. Uh, I'm glad. I mean, if they want to keep it at three hours, me personally, I don't mind. You know, I love movies like Watchmen, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter that have just very long run times. I don't mind it at all. You know, um, and other people don't mind it when, when it's the right type of movie. Yeah, people will sit down and watch a great three-hour movie, it, and and it will do very well. 
and get like, Academy Awards. The first three Star Wars movies, like all three hours, or close to it. Uh, they're all very long movies. Yeah. Um. So it, I mean, look, if they want to keep it at three hours, I think they should just keep it at three hours. If that's what how they feel they could tell this story, how it needs to be told, keep it at three hours. Um. So I have no problem with that. Uh, the synopsis sounds epic, and it sounds like basically what I would expect the movie to be. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm satisfied on all fronts. I just I'm just waiting for more footage. Kendall, your thoughts on Avengers Endgame? Yeah, uh, I thought I mean I thought the that the TV spot. Um, I thought it was you know a good time. I thought like it. Uh, it did the tease just enough of like it didn't show you really anything, but it was it was like it was a tease, and I, I mean for what it was trying to do, uh, I, I thought it worked. Um, Disney definitely paid a pretty penny to have the first Super Bowl commercial be that Avengers trailer, but um, yeah, I I, I I liked it. Um, I think the three hour runtime is certainly interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't want anything to get cut. Apparently, there, there. I mean, there are rumors out there that uh, Disney is thinking about including an intermission in the movie, uh, which would also be what I saw that too. How would they? How would they yeah, do what? that? How does that even work? Does it, do, do, can they do that? Is that like? Is that a thing that happens? I, I mean, I've never seen movies. That. I mean, not, I mean, I don't think movies have done that for like fifty years. But you know, I, I mean, for a three-hour movie, I saw one guy. Uh, some guy were like responded to like a tweet about that and was like, um, he was like, man, yeah, y'all weak if you need an intermission for this movie. But yeah, no, uh, yeah who can't who yeah who can't sit through? Yeah, this who's like, yo, I need yo, I need a break. Yo. <laughs> right. Come on, man. <laughs> it's like, no, give me, I don't need a break. But uh, so yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, I, I hope nothing gets cut from this movie. Uh, I don't need. I mean, intermission. I guess maybe it's convenient, but there's also the idea of like. Do people want to be in a movie theater for another half hour or like another even extra ten minutes? I don't know, but uh, we. I also thought the uh, the Captain Marvel teaser was also good, by the way. Yes, um, I did. I thought it was too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a cool teaser. Uh, but ready to see that movie? I don't need to see anything more. They're releasing clips and stuff, but yeah, I don't need to see anything more. Yeah, I don't need to see that stuff. I'm done. Yeah, I agree. I think the Captain Marvel teaser was also really good. Um, Higher, further, faster, man. That's 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 dope, man. Like that's yeah. that's like that's a dope tagline. Like, uh, and and with this with this uh, character being such a, a beast and, and her being just so much stronger than everyone else. Look, man, I, I made the bold prediction last show that this movie will be better than Wonder Woman. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, you said that. And look, we 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 still got time. I know. Uh, we you know. I look. I, I as someone who made the bold prediction that Wonder Woman was gonna be great on this show, and that being yeah, correct, I said it was gonna be trash. Yeah, you said it was gonna be trash. So like, you know, maybe you're trying to jump on my bandwagon <laughs> of, of, of of giving these movies a shot here. But in regards to Avengers, I'm actually I actually may surprise you on the runtime. Three hour runtime. It kind of for a while I kept saying I don't care, but I kind of think about it more and kind of what I'm seeing from these trailers and these TV spots, which again isn't much. I kind of don't know if this movie needs three hours. Uh, I say that only because if the movie is so is, is a lot about them getting out of whatever the depths of hell that they're in right now. Like, we see Tony in his situation. We see, you know, you know kind of Iron Man, like, excuse me, uh, Cap and the Avengers kind of, like, you know, working through their, their, their grief. 
I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if I need to see a half hour or 40 minutes or an hour of that, you know. Um, that's where I think if there's any chance this movie to drag, it will be with that stuff. You know, I think what made the first Avengers movie so great was it was breakneck action. Uh, Avengers, and honestly, I think Avengers 2, what, what, the down one of that falls was that it was a lot. There were, there were a lot of points in the middle where it just dragged because it wasn't like Ultron was a villain where you were fighting yeah. him nonstop and, it, and they didn't really deal with the twins as much as we thought they would. Uh, and then the last movie... It's, it's, it was like the first one. A lot more breakneck action. Breakneck things were happening, so the time didn't matter. It could have went longer. It would have been fine. Here, this movie doesn't seem like that, but we don't know for sure. But doesn't, we haven't seen any action. So this is going to be a movie that's kind of building up to a long, a one big fight at the end. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that needs three hours. But I, I say that also saying that, again, Fight keeps saying that we're only seeing 20 minutes of footage. So... Maybe there's a lot to be had that we haven't seen yet. But but I, I, I'm not going to give the unanimous vote of approval yet for the three-hour uh, runtime. Because I do want to see what else they got in store. Now, I will watch three hours of this. It doesn't matter if it drags me. I want to see I want to see it all. But in terms of just a storytelling standpoint, I'm not sure if that's the best uh, aspect or best um, course of action for uh, the Russos when it comes to this movie. Uh, and for regards to the TV spot... I thought this TV spot was very effective because I think that this this TV spot gave me hope and gave me kind of like that fight back. Mm-hmm. I thought the first trailer gave you no hope. It gave you like, man, they're messed up, and it, I don't know how they're gonna fix it. And Ant Man pulls up, and you're like, all right, I don't know how he's gonna be the one to help them in this situation, but okay, we'll see what happens in the next trailer, I guess. Right. Um, a lot of it is just like about like just the damage that was done because of Thanos and what he did and the hopelessness of uh, Tony's situation. Um, there's no hope in this. I thought this t- this T spot had hope, and it, I, and I'm not saying that said I didn't like the first trailer. I just think that it's a, a smart way to develop and get the fans ready because the first trailer is no hope. The first TV spot kind of brings up the fight back. It's like yeah, there's still no hope. Like things are messed up, but. Not everyone is just like, all right, I guess we just suck and we, we're never going to be able to save this. No, they, these dudes are ready to fight. They're all right, they knocked us down, but we got to fix this. And you see that defiance of Steve Rogers, even when he's sitting in that uh, in that uh, support group. We can see his face is just like, he can't stand that this is the world that they're not living in because they didn't get it done. Seeing that pain in his face, seeing Natasha shooting the hell out of that, uh, out of, out of that uh, target practice, um... You know, and then seeing the group rally together, seeing Tony actually working to try to fix the situation as opposed to just giving up is what we saw him last time. All these things, now again, those shots could be before he decides he sends that message. But if that's not the case, all, this shows the first signs of life, and I think that's a smart way as a from a viewing standpoint to to to, to pitch it to the fans. Is that okay? Yeah, there was no hope, but whoa, here's a glimmer. The the heroes haven't given up yet. And they're going to come back and fight. And they're going to do something. And I thought that was a smart way in terms of going from trailer one to teaser one. Uh, how they did that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, uh, I think that I think that the next trailer we see is going to be kind of more of that. Like I said, I think we're going to see them. I think we're going to see the fight. We're going to see or maybe we're not going to see what their plan is. We're going to get a glimpse of what their plan is to fix this. Mm-hmm. 
it'd be like, oh, we need to take the fight to him, and or we'll see something like that. Right. Someone's gonna give some details with regards to how they're gonna try to fix this this situation. Um, you know, we've been hearing a lot about them going into space, going back into space. So I'm thinking maybe we'll see something along those lines. Um, I don't know if we'll see the new suits because there've been all these leaks regarding their new suits. Yeah. That's probably not going to surprise anybody when, <laughs> when we see it. But it's these Legos and all these toy things and all this. All these yeah, man, the yo, toys. They, they got to stop with that, yo. Like trading cards. Don't make, don't make any toys until the movie comes out. I don't know why that's so hard. They keep. You think it, with mass production and, and like, as someone that got to capitalize. As someone that very briefly worked in, in an assembly line for Crayola, yeah. they make you sign some <laughs> BS non-disclosure. Well, clearly, uh, oh, you you have to agree not to disclose anything that's in it. I already know those people are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'll sign, <laughs> and then they go on Reddit or whatever, four chan or whatever, and then they just you know post whatever it is they see. Hey, look at the new Lego Avengers <laughs> Endgame Thanos set. <laughs> and it's like you need people to assemble it, you need people to box it, and the people that box I, it. Trust me, I'm not for like all automation i'm not saying cut jobs <laughs> i don't want any of that i'm just saying like they gotta do something there's gotta be some way with the like the toy industry is like right now the most it's like the most likely way to be spoiled at this point like yeah it's the most likely like what's the most likely way you're gonna learn about stuff about a movie you wouldn't have known had you not been online it's a lot of it's through toys and yeah there's, I just think there's gotta be a way Marvel could and, and DC and any of these any of these movies where there's gonna be a toy merchandising aspect to it that they can do a better job of not letting that stuff get out. And you know, it's hard and because there's so many it has to go through so many like Smart said. There's an assembly line. There's people involved. There's other you know us you know manufacturing companies that are involved. Like a lot of it's out of the movie people's hands. You know. Yeah. But still, it's just and like, there's gotta be something. It used to be back in the day. It used to be like set photos were a thing. Right. But. Those have been toned down, one, because these companies have gotten better and more secure and strict about what can get leaked. But two, a lot of these movies now are, have upped the amount of CG that's used. And so, like, there's stuff in set photos. You know, you're not going to be able to tell one, the costume that the Avengers are going to be wearing, like the special space suits or whatever they're going to be wearing, considering, like, they're not going to be they're not actually probably physically wearing It's probably some sort of CG. But in a toy... They're gonna have whatever concept they they know what it's gonna look like. Yeah, they've been and, given the designs. Yeah, they've been given the design, and they're gonna make it based off the design. And then some, you know, Yahoo, like you said, from Funko Pop, is gonna <laughs> go and, and post it online. Shout out to the Yahoo from Funko Pop. If you listen to this podcast, we would appreciate it if you do not spoil stuff that will happen in Avengers Endgame in any movie. I know you got to make a living. I'm not, I would love to see you continue to make a living, but we don't want to see your spoilers. Please stop doing it. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about another Marvel uh, movie that's not quite around the corner. This movie got actually pushed back, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Well, we talked about it before. There was concern about what happened, and they kind of eased our concern, saying that um, you know the movie is coming out. Chill out. And Chris Pratt uh, came out and confirmed to... Uh, MTV that James Gunn, the ousted Marvel director who was fired due to past incendiary tweets, um, they, they confirmed that his script will be used for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And according to uh, uh, to Pratt, the crew thinks that the script is, quote, off the chain. He also mentioned his, lo- his continued love for James Gunn and that he remains very loyal to him, um, despite how things have happened. And he also said that the that 
in, in choosing this script, it falls in line with the, the cast and the crew wanting to deliver uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie the fans deserve and want. So, hmm. gun script is being used, Kendall. Is this the right move? Uh, I mean, it's, it's you know, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. You know, like, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Whatever analogy you want to use. Look, they have a script for James Gunn that I'm sure they feel good about. I'm sure they probably felt great about it. Um, if they didn't, then one, they would have thrown it out <laughs> and been like, oh, well, someone will do it. And two, there wouldn't have been so much fight over whether or not James Gunn would, uh, should be back. Sure. So, obviously, they, they, I mean, they love the concept for what he has for a Guardians 3. Uh, so you can take that, have someone else complete the vision and just run with that. Or... You can say, you know what, we're going to scrap whatever Gunn had or, you know, take bits and pieces of it, but we're going to let a new director craft his own story. I tend to lean, go with the safe route and go with what, because we've seen, go with what Gunn had intended. Um, I, I mean, whatever director gets the role uh, or gets the job, it's going to have put some of his imprints on the movie. That's without a doubt, but... Um, We've seen, especially, you know, in Star Wars, uh, when you have a, kind of a mishmash of, you know, directors from movie to movie, uh, it could the, sometimes the vision could get uh, blurry and or it can get, you know, blurred rather. Uh, we saw going from J.J. Abrams from, to Ryan Johnson, the movies felt different a little bit. And not only the movie, but the direction of the franchise that they wanted to, that Abrams had intended on taking it seemed to have changed, seemed to have shifted from what Ryan Johnson wanted to do. And I, you know, transitioning this to Guardians, I look at and I say, if we say we're going to do, we're going to, we we had plans for what Gunn was going to do. Gunn had already set the groundwork for maybe Adam Warlock and maybe a, another Guardians team potentially or whatever else he tried to set up. And then another director comes in and is like, eh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I mean, obviously, we know Kevin Feige has a big role in this as well, but it, it worries me, you know, because then I feel like things, it might feel like, man, this isn't even like a, a continuation or a sequel. It's kind of like a whole different feel. Um, and that's not what you want. So I, I look at that and I say, um, Star Wars and Disney would know because they've gone back to Abrams for the third one saying, look, we screwed up, you know, kind of shifting visions and we need to go back to the original guy. So uh, maybe they would have, if they would have been better off using Abrams' script or using a J.J. Abrams script for episode eight, who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think this is, ultimately this is good news, mm-hmm. you know, that we're getting, that they're using Gunn's uh, script. Pratt being supportive of Gunn is obviously a wonderful thing. <laughs> um, or at least, well, depending on how you feel about James Gunn, I'll leave it out there. I'll put that out there. Um, but I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I think ultimately how this ends up is going to depend on who ends up directing the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Travis Knight is a name that was that's been thrown out there. I think it, him handling a James Gunn script. I think I would be looking forward to Guardians Three. Right. I would be saying, okay, this is going to be some project that this project is going to work. I can't wait to see this, you know. 
Um, but, um, I mean, it depends on who they find. You know, I, I think that that has a lot to do with this. But I'm glad they're using Gunscript because he knows these characters. Yeah. He knows these characters like the back of his hand. Um, he, quite frankly, made these characters what they are in, yeah. in terms of the Marvel Studios, the, the MCU. Definitely. So, I mean, I feel like that's just... I feel like when it, when we were hearing that, because I think the word before this was just we didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know if they were going to. And it's like, who else is going to do <laughs> I mean, I was, I was kind of concerned. I was Everyone like, well, was concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, who else is going to do this? But but this, I feel like this is just the best. Um, this is kind of the best outcome, honestly, in regards to how all this is going to be. I don't think they're going to bring James Gunn back. You know, I don't think, they, I don't think Disney just doesn't seem like a type of company to just kind of be like, oh, we were wrong. And okay, we'll bring you back. And I don't think they want him back. No, I don't. I don't think they want him back. I don't at all. think they I want agree. him back. I think they're just <laughs> content with what happened and how it happened, and they want to move on from it. Um, you know, uh, I think if if Guardians three doesn't do well, they'll just try to phase out the Guardians. I think that's just how that would end up. But, um, but yeah. I, I but <laughs> that's a dark. It's uh, a dark yeah, timeline. Yeah, you know. Yeah, let's phase it out. Happen. But you know, um, Marvel—they've got so many heroes in Marvel, you know. But, um, but yeah, especially the X Men, Fantastic Four coming in. Also. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Doesn't you know, count, so. you know, Shang Chi and yeah. the Eternals and other characters. Yeah, they got so they got so many characters in house the that they're building. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm glad they're using Gunscript, and I'm looking forward to Guardians as long as they find a capable director to do. Yeah, I think that gun script is a good thing. You just got to have a guy who kind of has his quirky vision. You know, matching the director to the script is also very important. And, you know, I think Gunn had an advantage in the first two movies of having being allowed to write the script and then direct it because he was able to do exactly what he wanted. And I think that those, when you watch those two first two movies, no question that it's, you know, it's James Gunn's vision. There isn't, you know, the studio or some other person infused with whatever his writing is those movies are so authentically him that while it's great we're getting his script the second part now is finding a director that they can come fall in line and i don't think that that you're never gonna find a person to beat james gunn there's not gonna be another james gunn because uh, he's one person <laughs> you know there's not a clone out there but um but you gotta have someone who at least could be of the same mind to kind of deliver on the script that uh, was handed but the script is half the job so i, I feel a lot more confident that they can deliver a strong movie with uh with 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 the new director with this script, um, and I, yeah, I think that that's this is uh this is ultimately good for Marvel, and I think it's good for James Gunn. I think it's good for the fans because I feel like um for Gunn, it it does leave some kind of legacy for this trilogy. You know, kind of would have been whack if like you know the third Guardians was like something that was completely scrapped and and remade into something totally different that was not what the original vision was of that whole crew when they came together, that kind of ragtag that they put together. Um, I can't say ragtag. You know, Gun is ragtag, but the people in the movie are superstars. But um, but that group that they put together and that vision that they had, and it was such a gamble, it, I feel like it kind of would have been fake. It, been, it wouldn't have felt real if like, it was a movie that wasn't a James Gunn script. It was just something totally different. Like It kind of completes the trilogy in a way that makes sense. And I think it kind of... It's something to his legacy, at least. You could say, look, he wrote the first three Guardians movies. And like you mentioned, Sham, his impact on the Marvel Universe and the Marvel Studios and the money he's made them is just 
is is, is immeasurable to me. You know, I think that you he falls right in line with the Russos with with Kugler as like yeah MVPs. Yep. So um, while his own actions allow him to be you know discarded the way he was, I do think that this is at least some kind of uh, you know some kind of you know badge so to speak that he can kind of wear that I think he's earned. You know, so I feel I feel personally good about that for him as he moves on to his future endeavors right now, uh, working on the Suicide Squad movie. But um, let's move on and let's talk about DC in a movie that we were not expecting. So according to The Hollywood Reporter, a horror-themed Aquaman spinoff focused on the Kingdom of the Trench is in the early stages of development. Uh, Noah Gardner and Aiden Fitzgerald, who worked on um, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol and Super 8, are writing the script and James Wan is apparently on board to be a producer for the movie. The word is that we will not see any Aquaman characters in this movie, but that it will be set in that universe. So this was shocking to me. I don't know why they're doing this. This seems like I'm gonna be flat and say this seems like a waste of time to me. But again, anything can be good. So I you know, I can't say that it's just they shouldn't do it. They may have a great vision. I guess my concern, guys, with this is that DC seems to have an affinity for just not simply giving the fans what they want. Aquaman was great. Well, I think it was good. I think it was great for them, let me say. Aquaman was great for them. It was I think a great it was, success, yeah. It was a great success. Right. It's inarguable to say that it wasn't anything but a great success for DC, for DC and for Warner Brothers. It was a, I think it was a good movie. Um, a lot of people love that movie. It worked. To see them so quickly turn around and try to make something out of that, this looks like a cheap cash grab to me. It seems like they're creating something out of nothing based on one of the few things they've had success with. And... I already feel like your creative vision is going to be skewed for me and my confidence in your creative vision is going to be skewed when I think you're coming from that angle. Because I don't think that, I mean, people enjoyed the little bit we saw in terms of the trench monsters that we, never, that we, that we saw in the movie. We didn't actually see the trench, but we did see the monsters that came about. I mean, they, they looked awesome and those were some of the best visuals in the movie. But I, I just don't think that anyone thought twice about that seen in that rainy you know stormy weather on that boat I, I don't think anyone thought like oh this could be something like I, the fans have been clamoring to try to get a Nightwing movie off the ground get a Batgirl movie off the ground get Batman off the ground get another Superman movie get Green Lantern on the off the ground like there's so many projects that the fans have been clamoring for DC to get a move on it's insane to me that they could have all this stuff in place so quickly for a movie that nobody wants. And I say that DC seems to have affinity to not give the people what they want because I mentioned how we watch Titans and it's a show that is not, I don't think it's actually bad necessarily, but it's just something that like is not what people think about when they think of Titans and it seems like that's frustrating to a lot of Titans fans. This is not something that the fans were looking for when you say you give us a Titan series. When you gave us a Batman v Superman movie, we wanted to see Batman and Superman fight for three hours or two hours, however long it's going to be. We didn't want to see whatever the hell they put together. We didn't want to see Batman shooting people up and branding people. 
That's not what anyone wanted to see when it came to Batman. But they had a vision that they want they wanted to stick with. Um people didn't want to see Superman snapping people's necks in movies, but that's their vision. They they wanted to go with it. It just seems like DC oftentimes for a for a, a company and for a movie company especially that seems to be so obsessed with money making and giving and being and obsessed with what fans think, it's bizarre to me that they continue to make decisions that don't seem to have the fans, you know, thoughts in in place. It seems like they want to kind of do their own thing. There's, it's insane to me that you have this movie pretty much further along than the Flash. Which is what we've been talking. Some of the movies we've been talking about since like 2012, like, and this happened overnight. Aquaman just ended. They didn't. They didn't know that movie was going to be how great, as great a success as it was. I mean, this. They got the writers. They got Jane Wan on board. They did all this within a matter of months, maybe less. And then we we've been years in terms of trying to get Flash off the ground. This to me is very concerning, uh, because of that aspect of it. It does not mean the trench can't be a, a really good horror movie. Doesn't mean it can't work, but DC's again affinity to me to just do things outside the box for the, for the sake of just doing something outside the box is a little frustrating. Yeah, um, basically I feel the same way, and generally speaking, I I would have, um, and honestly, I wouldn't even say generally speaking, like just. I would have, if I hear, oh, they're doing an Aquaman spinoff, I welcome that. Just that idea. <laughs> sure. You know, I, I welcome that. I liked Aquaman a lot. I would welcome that. The Trench, you know, like, why <laughs> That's this? the first thing they thought of. Why this? You know, this this idea seems like something that should have been, you know, pitched in a board meeting. Just pitched, you know, because they're pitching things. But then when you really start to narrow down the ones that work and the ones that don't, this one is one of the ones I just don't, and then you toss it aside. It's crazy. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. It's so crazy. it's really strange that this got so much, so much approval. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this, be this tight, could this be? Uh, uh, I can't. Well, I can't remember. Oh, Hamada's ties to the horror genre coming in here because uh, he does have those ties. Yeah, as is James Wan, obviously, and as James Wan, exactly. That's that's where I was going to go, is that I feel like you have, I, I, surprisingly, I, I'm, I'm on the other side of you guys on this one. I, I feel like you have to look at this and you have to separate, because at first I had the same reaction, I was like, the trench, what? Why, why are we getting a the trench movie? Uh, as, you know, like you said, before, like, you know, Flash, <laughs> before Green Lantern or whatever, but... I think we have to separate the DC. We almost have to separate the DC label uh, on this movie and just look at it and say, "All right, it's an Aquaman spinoff, but Aquaman's not showing up. Superman's not showing up. You know, Wonder Woman's not showing up. This isn't a traditional DC movie. Um, this isn't really probably going to even be connected to anything uh, from a large perspective. Um, so if you just look at it and you say this is a singular focused." Uh, spinoff film, horror film. It's not a terrible idea, given a lot of the things that people liked about Aquaman, and given the the effects that they were willing to pull off in the movie that a lot of people felt were good. Um, they feel they could tell a, a good horror story in that setting. 
I mean, you have the rights. You're Warner Brothers. Um, you know, a story was already set up. Plus, you add the Aquaman title to it or the Aquaman connection. And now, I mean, that's automatically, you know, for me, kind of, it reminds me of Rogue One. You know, I had another Star Wars analogy. I know I gave one last, <laughs> last uh, with Guardians, but it reminds me of Rogue One where, you know, I remember when Rogue One was announced, I was like, man, all the Star Wars story they could tell and they want to tell, you know, a war film, you know, about the stealing of the, the Death Star plans. Um, but then you kind of you have to step back. You kind of remove some of the Star Wars aspect of it and you understand that, you know, all right, they're, they're, they want to. This is the story Disney and Lucasfilm want to tell. They want to tell a war, a war film mm-hmm. uh, about this type of group of people, you know, a, a ragtag group of of right. people, and but they want to put a Star Wars skin on it, and it. I mean, you can say what you want about Rogue One. I mean, I thought it. I thought it was a very good movie. I love. I thought Rogue it. One. Yeah, I thought it did well yep. for Disney. Um, they definitely made it more Star Warsy at the end of the production, you know, I think they wanted to, they realized from everything that was reported that it needs to feel a little bit more Star Wars than, than it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they added more of that, more of those elements like Darth Vader, for example. But um, I feel like this could end up being like Rogue One where it's not going to be a similar movie, but if you look past the fact that, yeah, I mean, I would rather get a Flash movie. I'd rather, if we're doing Aquaman spinoffs, I could probably think of other stories you know that could be better uh you know any any you know story about atlantis you know pre yeah i mean i I thought some of the stuff they they told in that movie about uh you know before the kingdom split up how the kingdoms were united i thought some of that stuff was very fascinating i would have absolutely welcomed a movie talk showing that stuff but i i feel like they were they're not I don't think this is really even about Aquaman. I don't think like, I don't think this is this was the deal where they were like, we need to make an Aquaman spinoff. Right. Would be a great idea. Hey. And they said the trench. Uh, I mean, it could have been like that, but I almost look at this and they said like, you know, they almost may have looked at it through their portfolio, like what would be a good idea for a horror film, or maybe they just saw the trench and were like, this would actually be a good idea for a horror film. And like, given the the like you mentioned, Walter Amada, James Wan. The popularity that Aquaman's had, Warner Brothers has had success with horror films in the past. It made it made sense from that perspective. I'm not a horror film guy, so I'm not saying I'm excited for the trench or that I don't even know if I'm going to see the trench. I mean, I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm assuming maybe we'll see it for that sake of the show, but I won't be that excited to see it. But like, I understand it from their perspective, and if I was a fan of horror films, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. You know, we're getting a horror film with the Aquaman universe. I, I don't look at this as a superhero movie, though. I think all the stuff you said, Kendall, is, is, is all very fair. I guess where I get stuck with this decision is I go back to that Mark Hughes article. And shout out to Mark Hughes. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I don't like him. I do, again, like him a lot, actually. But because it's not just him. It's, it's people like him. It's the people who defend this this company. And they say in that Hughes article, like, what more do you want from them, essentially? They're doing all this stuff. They have so much stuff on their hands. Their hands are so tied. Like, it's not easy to just, just come up with a movie and just have it ready to go to the fans' whim. That was what Mark Hughes told us. That was his case for why we should be chilling about Batman being so delayed. I, that stuff is a lie when I see this happen. You can't B 
be the guy who says we need to chill because they have too much stuff on their plate and any movie to put together is very difficult. But then you do Aquaman, it's successful, and then now you have a trench movie in two or three months. That you That, that is not true. What you said is a lie. It is not accurate based on what we've seen. Because we've seen them do this kind of stuff before. You can't you can't be you can't defend the company by saying that they have too much stuff on their hands and putting together movies while you're trying to develop other movies is too much. So that's why we can't get Batman. But when it came to what we saw in terms of a commercial success with Aquaman, now we have a horror movie named The Trench in again, a matter of two or three months. That doesn't add up. It doesn't add up, and that's what again that's what that's why fans who have been frustrated by this company are frustrated because the priorities seem split they don't seem to be sometimes under the same envelope or same uh umbrella because I just don't see how these other movies that fans are clamoring for that you say you're working very hard on that we have no updates on no. Uh, light at the end of the tunnel on. Again, I mentioned Green Lantern, The Flash, Nightwing, Batgirl, projects you told us we were getting. And we got nothing. We got McKay for Nightwing telling us, keep hope alive. What? And now you're coming up and telling me, well, don't worry, the trench is coming out. How am I supposed to feel about that? Am I wrong? Their priorities don't seem straight. Their priorities seem messed up. So you can't have, we cannot have people covering them and saying, be patient. If you can't do that and then have us have them saying, by the way, the trench is coming out. We have a producer and we have writers. What? I can't even get Batgirl or Nightwing. Again, projects you told me you were doing. I didn't say, I oh, like, do this movie. Why aren't you doing this movie? I'm, I'm only want you to do the stuff that you told me you were going to do. It just that 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 aspect of it is why this 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 movie company has frustrated people. So when I saw this thing about the trench, it had very my frustration had very little to do with the idea of the trench because, like I said, I think Kendall everything he said was accurate in terms of why this movie could work. It just seems like of all the things they could be working on to do something that nobody has any interest in, and then to have people who they're talking to in terms of the, the reporters who, who work damn hard to get these scoops, to get these conversations, to tell the stories uh, of what's happening behind the scenes, to give them the, the company line of, well, be patient, we have a lot of stuff on our plate, and we do other movies besides superhero movies and DC movies. But then you could greenlight the trench in a month. That doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up, and we're not stupid. That's all I'm going to say. Anyone else want to say anything else on the trench before we move on? Uh, I'm hoping the story is BS. I mean, that's you just, just you hope it's not going to happen. I hope it's either no, the well, not that it's complete not, nonsense. Does not, does not that not it's completely wrong. fabricated, but that the fact that this was like greenlit going to happen is just a little. What? They're getting too excited. Tell you, yeah, what? Reporter is not, what they don't what I don't want to. Well, I mean, the Hollywood Reporter. And, and no disrespect to the Hollywood Reporter. No disrespect to the Hollywood Reporter. But they also said that we were going to get an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. 
They said that that was going yeah, to happen. That, that, that's that in, we had that's a director, in, that it was in going very much to happen. Limbo. <laughs> and we haven't heard anything since. Ewan McGregor says seems to be saying every month now that he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, even I don't know what they're talking. about. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes they get a little excited about things, right? And they just say that things are going to happen when. And mind you, Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm has been very transparent about the movie. They're they're yeah they're yeah, doing they're planning on doing. Yep. You know, they've announced other movies that, yep. you know, I don't think are going to happen. But Obi-Wan is a movie that's been very much reported on, and they they haven't said a peep. So, yeah, I know. You know, it's not like the Hollywood reporter is always 100%. The only thing I'll say about the trench, last thing, is that they, what to EJ's point, it, it, I don't think it should be a thing where, like, oh, they're going to. We're pushing the we're pushing the trench to the top of the list, you know. Like that's coming out twenty twenty one, you know, early twenty twenty one or twenty twenty. We're gonna you know push this thing mad fast. Like I like if you're gonna do this movie, you can be patient. Again, I don't even know if this is gonna be the same people in terms of like like I don't know if you know, how invested a lot of like the top honchos. Like I don't think Jeff Johns is gonna be like doing anything with this movie but can, you know it's what i mean hard to, it's hard to pitch patience with this kind of movie because it's supposed to be hot off the heels of what we saw from aquaman if you're gonna if from a, a i'm talking from a business standpoint from a business standpoint you want to capitalize on we feel as a red hot property aquaman this movie can't be at the back of the line it can't well are we gonna get an aquaman too i mean we i mean I'm, of course we are According to the Hollywood Reporter, Juan and Momoa have not even been approached about aquaman too because they just went through a long press run a a long thing of shooting because I remember that, that movie took a long time to come out. So they, that that hasn't even, and we know it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I'm saying they haven't even discussed that yet. This movie right, has so coming out. This movie has that. a producer in Juan. They they asked Juan about this, and apparently not about Aquaman sequel. So they have him doing that, and they have writers on it already. So this, I hear what you're saying. It just seems from a business standpoint, from what we're hearing, that that's not going to be how this is going to work. It wouldn't make sense to do it any other way. Also, the other thing I was thinking last thing is also I think this is probably from their perspective a small smaller budget. Um, That's fair. I, you know, I like that. Who I don't know what actors are going to be in it. I'm sure there'll be a couple, you know, human people or whatever, or Atlanteans trapped in the trench trying to get out or something like that. It won't be like it won't be the same budget as Aquaman. You know, I'm sure the cast may not be as expansive or as high quality, may not high quality, but high status as the the Aquaman. Uh, uh, cast, so it's probably a cheaper film, a quicker film for them to make, like most horror movies are. We'll see how we'll see how this plays out. I really hope that it's great for DC, but I just, I again, we talk about priorities. It seems very odd that the trench could be so advanced in pre-production, and the other movie just be dormant. Like, I, that's that's incredible for. We're talking about DC, you know. We're talking about Warner Brothers as a whole, that's a little different. But we're talking about DC, the DC umbrella. These movies being greenlit by Walter Hamada, the president of DC movie division. I, that's 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 just bizarre, as far as I'm concerned. Um, let's go to TV, guys, real quick. Two stories, then we got to do the TV uh, recaps this week. So, Legion will not return for season four. Um, FX announced that the the mutant-based series will end after its third season this summer. Noah Harley, of course, uh, you know, kind of was behind this whole uh, show. You know, his the vision was for this to be 
a three-season show. Apparently, FX and Holly want to keep it that way, to keep it planned as they keep it keep the show going as it originally was planned for just three seasons. Sham, uh, how do you feel about this being the end of the road for Legion after this last season? Um, sad to see Legion go. Legion was an extremely interesting show. Um, but I am, uh, you know, I'm content with it. If this is how the, the creator, both the creator and the, um, studio and, and, you know, the, the, the channel I planned for, for this show to go, then that's how they plan for it to go. You know, I wouldn't want it to stick around just for them to kind of ad lib, you know, or, or for them to kind of, you know, do all these audibles and be like, oh, well, actually he's not dead or whatever, (laughs) you know, like. I, I don't really like it when they do stuff like that. So I mean I think this is this is fine. Um I think this will kinda have its own kind of cult not necessarily cult following, but its own kind of special place in in the realm of superhero television shows. Yeah. So uh uh so yeah. It's sad to it's sad to see it go, but you know, if it's gotta go, it's gotta go. Candle, what do you make of the end of Legion? Uh it it's it's one of those things. Yes, it, it, it's it's unfortunate um, because you know Legion is a very good show, and I I support uh, superhero television content. Although uh, I mean it is getting excessive you know, in terms of the amount of shows we have to watch, but um, so it's sad in that perspective. I, it's not really surprising. You know, I don't think anybody like we Legion is off our radar, but I don't think anybody like if you to ask me. Yo, you think Legion's getting a, an extra season after this? I would have been like, no. <laughs> I mean, right. given the whole Disney Marvel thing, you know. Mm. All this makes me think is I also think The Gifted is done after this, which is unfortunate. But, mm. um, you know, I don't think the, the shows have a place in the Disney Marvel landscape now. Yeah, Jeff Loeb said that he was, you know, unclear what really the the, the Fox move meant for the TV division. Because uh, he's kind of been working in conjunction with Fox on those properties. Remember, a lot of these characters now, I mean, they're all going to be in the MCU. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure Kevin Feige in the back of his mind wants to do, they want to do something with Shadow King and the X-Men. Yeah, I'm sure he'd want to do something with Polaris. Exactly. You know, Polaris is another character he may consider using. I mean, um, so Legion, you know, they there are characters, you know, even though they're not using A-list uh x-men characters there are characters in these in these shows that like may be up for grabs in the mcu whether in large or minor roles and you can't have i mean you could it's not like it's impossible to have two polaris running around it's not like she's that big a character but it, it no, you know maybe dc taught us no you can't have two amanda wallers <laughs> can't have yeah, exactly two, two huntresses you can't have yeah. uh you know, we, we if you, if a movie's coming out, you kill. Him. <laughs> no Suicide Squad. No Suicide Squad. You can't even mention Suicide Squad. <laughs> I, I, but, but having two flashes is okay. Yeah, Flash yeah. is the only only the character that can survive that. So like, so that so that's what I would say is like, um, you know, I I this isn't great if you're a fan of The Gifted or Legion, but it's also not surprising. Yeah, I, I think I echo you guys' sentiments. Um, it's unfortunate, but to be honest, I, I think that three seasons is good for Legion. Um, I know, obviously, if it went more than three seasons, I would watch every episode. It's as good a show, but 
I, I think the story and the kind of way the, the the show that they're kind of designing, I mean, it's a wacky show. And I think, you know, just in my anecdotal experience talking to people about Legion, I have one friend of mine who I, I really respect his view on superhero stuff, and he loves Legion. Even he said he felt the second season sometimes got, like, wacky for the sake of just being wacky. And for a show that's so artistic and so outside the box, that's not, to me, that's not a show designed to be seven seasons, eight seasons. Like, that that show should kind of have a short run. So I, I think three seasons, if you had, they had a story and a plan that was three seasons, I think that they should stick to it. I don't think that they should try to stretch this any more than what has been done. I mean, they've, they've done an exceptional job showing a great creative story. Um, and the way the artistic way in which they've done it has been awesome. Legion, I agree with Shamar, will have a special place in the superhero realm when we think about superhero shows uh, and their impact. But um, but I'm fine with three seasons. I, this is the last one. I'm excited for it. I'm not going to you know be torn apart that it's over. Um, that's my question now is going to be, especially again with what I said with, uh, with Jeff Lowe being unclear what that means for the Marvel television division with the Fox deal. My question is what what TV shows will be, be will be done by Marvel because we got this week that there was a female a team superhero show that was canceled uh, that was being uh, that was being that was supposed to be show run by a, a, a writer from uh, from the Wonder Woman movie so we don't know if that was canceled because of the Fox Disney deal it could have just been its own thing but we, we Marvel is not out of the game of making TV shows we know that obviously with what they're doing on the Disney Plus app but um but with Legion kind of coming to its end, I think it's I, I think it's convenient that it's coming with the Disney Fox thing. But I don't think it's I think it was going to end this way anyway. Um, and I know the gifted being kind of unclear what's going to happen with that. I'm 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 fine, and I want to see where with Legion being out. I'm fine. And I want to see where Marvel goes beyond uh, here. But um, last story of the day before we get to our show recaps, guys. So uh, we're learning a little bit about the show Pennyworth. This is a show that we haven't talked about much on this. Uh, podcast, but according to Deadline, got an interview um, with uh, Danny Cannon at the uh, at the Television Critics Association. At least they were there at the Television Critics Association press tour yesterday, where he spoke about this was actually early, not yesterday. Um, uh, where he spoke about uh, the show, which will be premiering on Epics, I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, from what we're hearing about it, according to Danny Cannon. Um, the series will premiere in June. It will stand as a prequel to Gotham. Uh, there will be no Batman villains, but the show will harken on the kind of darker tones that we're accustomed to thinking about when we think of uh, Batman and Gotham City. It will be, as he would describe, an unhinged rated R series. It will center around Alfred uh, Pennyworth and Thomas Wayne working together to launch a L- London based security company he says so far the show has been very well received before test audiences so Kendall uh, any of this information make you intrigued by the Pennyworth series uh no not at all mm-hmm. um <laughs> if anything this, this might you could argue maybe less intrigued to watch it really um I mean I, I can't I don't think I could be less intrigued I mean everything this kind of aligns um, with a lot of things that we've heard. So it, it is a straight, like, it is a, a prequel to Gotham. Like, it's yes. the same universe. Yes. Whatever time period Gotham takes place, which we'll never know, <laughs> this is a prequel to that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that's like, all right, that's, I guess that's pretty cool. But I mean, no Batman villains, which in theory makes sense. I, I don't know. I didn't expect, you know, to see like, you know, the Joker to run around. But, um, but uh, why, like, why do we need this show? I, I mean, I, you might as well. This is similar to the trench where it's like, I mean, if they just want to make a, you know, British spy, whatever type, you know, British soldier, bodyguard to the rich guy, American type show, you know, like, and they just want to put a Batman skin on it called Pennyworth, um, get some comic book people to watch it. You know, I, I mean, I don't watch Downton Abbey, but I, I, I don't, I don't watch any British television, so I, Apparently I don't know if this is to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're making a Bedonkin Abbey movie. Uh, we need our mom on to talk about it. But, um, yeah, nah. It's, uh, this isn't exactly a show that I'm uh, super excited to watch. Now, while Shamari, they say this is a Gotham, uh, a Gotham prequel, I, I personally feel like this move, this show, from what I'm hearing from Mr. Cannon, is going to be very much influenced by Agent Carter and Legends of Tomorrow. I say Agent Carter because of the whole 1960s London. He said this would be the DC version, basically, of 1960s London. So that may be very much into a period piece, very similar to Agent Carter, security company involved. And the other part why I say Legends of Tomorrow is because, again, that also kind of, they travel and they, they, they deal with, you know, past... Uh, Past historical times, events, historical, historical events, fiction. Historical fiction, exactly. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was that while there won't be any Batman films, is that they will see they will be quote archetypal villains and classic villains of British literature, and that all of those characters are available to them. Oh man, can't wait. I, I, Kendall's <laughs> sarcasm is quite profound in that statement, but I do think that that was at least interesting to me. Does that any of that interest you? Um, I mean, I think these kind of historical fiction type shows are becoming kind of very popular now. Yeah, seeing a lot of them. What's the one on the CW? On all kinds of different. Timeless, timeless. I mean, there's timeless, of course. There's um, the Americans. Yeah. There's uh, the Man in the High Castle. Williams. Oh right. Yeah. It's a popular one. I mean, they're, they're popping up all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that surprising, I guess, that that's the kind of angle that they want to go with um, for this show. And um, I don't know. I can only be so interested in a Pennyworth show. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm as as down on it as Kendall, but I'm I'm still like there's there. It, there really isn't anything they could pitch to me where I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not, like, there's nothing, you know? It's an Alfred Pennyworth show, you know? Yeah, and he, he'll interact with Thomas Wayne however long he interacts with Thomas Wayne. And it's like, Sounds like uh, a meme. You know, and it's like, it's only going to be... I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to totally write off the show. It could be it could be a well-done show, but but I feel like the Batman stuff would just be extra. It would just be unnecessary. It could be a show about right. any British spy, you know? But it could, be, it could be a good show, but, like, the Batman stuff, like, it's just unnecessary. It's just to grab comic book people. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the whole Alfred movie thing was like an actual, it was a literal meme in Teen Titans Go. Like they did a spoof, like, oh, Alfred the movie or whatever. <laughs> but now we're actually getting an Alfred show. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, Epics released his first promo photo of 
uh, Jack Bannon, who will play the younger Alfred Pennyworth. This, Kendall, you can probably see it on your computer if you're up. Yeah, I saw it, yeah. Uh, this is what he looks like, Sham. Um, they describe him as sure. honest, open-faced, witty. You never take him for an SAS killer. Alfred doesn't know how to reconcile the kind-hearted boy he used to be with the cold-hearted, the cold, calculated killer he was forced to become. Um, we'll see. <laughs> That's how I see. I mean, uh, I agree. I think that it definitely in terms of you know, developing superhero themed content, uh, centering a series around Alfred seems like digging at the barrel, bottom of the barrel. But a good story, I get a good a good story could tell make anything look good. So they tell a good story and it's produced really well. This could end up being dynamite. Who knows? But um. Uh, I think 1960 London is, it, to me, is an interesting time. I think about, you know, the British invasion uh, and, and the Beatles and, and the scene and, and me and how that seems to be so un-Alfred. You know, like, I don't think of, like, when I think of, like, what Britain was at that time and the cultural uh, things that were happening at that time, Alfred is so buttoned up. Like, I can't imagine him, like, being in that time. Like, what was it like? I think they could do some interesting things with that. But when I hear it's going to be super dark and gritty, it's like, well, are they going to really even explore that element of what London and Britain, British culture was like in the 60s? Right. It sounds like no, but I don't know. Uh, they could maybe tell a different side of that aspect of it, or they could be elements of that, but still with the dark, gritty stuff that they want to tell. But we'll see what happens. Um, I'm curious what kind of characters in British literature we will be seeing in Pennyworth, especially since the 1960s, so it's like, that's pretty, that's close to contemporary stuff. So like, you know, will it be people we know? Will it even be, you know, noteworthy characters? Uh, right. But let's, guys, uh, let's talk about these shows before we get out of here. So we got this week uh, Supergirl and Arrow. Where should we start? Who wants to start with? We went Supergirl or Arrow? Dealer's Choice. Uh... I, mean, I guess we can Arrow. start with Arrow. Yeah, Arrow, sure. okay. Arrow, Arrow it is. So Arrow this uh, this week we've actually been pretty consistent on the Arrow reviews. So you know, Arrow fans here are probably really excited that we've done I think three in a row. So we've been pretty much going straight episode to episode. Arrow, this was uh, and I and, you know when we were talking about what shows to do this week and we determined that we had to do the Flash or Arrow. I picked Arrow because this was actually the one hundred and fiftieth episode of Arrow, and. Their social media people are great because they're very good at like kind of teasing at what may happen and, and alluding to things when things might be interesting. And they and their social media people, the the, the showrunner for Arrow, was definitely teasing it that this was going to be a very interesting episode, and it was. Uh, the episode started very bizarre. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I was like, yo, did I find the wrong episode. Yeah, I I, <laughs> see, I you see Captain Lance and you're like, what is? This? Yeah, I'm like, what season is this? I'm like, especially since you know I go through. Uh, more shady back channels to find these shows, <laughs> so I don't, have to, I don't have to watch ads. And if I'm not and, mistaken, I don't know if they even had the previously on Arrow thing. I think it just started. Yeah, they didn't have that. It just started yeah, straight that. from the jump, and that throws you for a loop. You see, it's black and white. It was all b- bizarre, and you realize that it, it looks like a documentary. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out that it is a documentary. Um, it's a documentary series or a documentary movie that is being made that. It was the, through the idea of, of Oliver and Dinah feeling like to kind of raise the public opinion of um, 
of Vigilantes and of Oliver Queen, they were going to do a documentary titled The Emerald Archer, which, of course, is a massive shout-out to the nickname of the Green Arrow in the comic books, the Emerald Archer. Um, also, I love how I love how for the documentary they had, they use like the same like uh, graphics that they use for the Arrow logo and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I, I guess they must not have any other concept art at the uh, CW. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. I think that that was that was, that was kind of weird. But it helped to confuse the viewers, right? Yeah, because I'm like, okay, right. it's the Emerald Archer. What the hell? What am I watching? Um, I'll be honest, guys. In terms of this episode, I kind of wish. The whole episode would have been the documentary. No, I would have hated that. Nah, I, would have yeah. hated that. I, I think I, I see what you're saying. I, I think that I, I think I, I say that because I mean after the first, after once like I mean the first like seven or eight minutes is mad confusing. But I think you kind of get the hang of like what the story is gonna be. I'm like okay, I kind of dig what's happening, and, and then when you see like them kind of go back to the like, normal hour, like okay, well now it's just a normal episode hour with like people with cameras running around. Um, to that, to, so I say that to say that I thought that the kind of the, the, the documentary stuff after we kind of go back to the normal hour, I thought it was actually some of the best stuff. Seeing them kind of go from like, you know, documentary and seeing them, like, you know, Curse react to being on camera and being like, oh, what's going on here? Like, all that stuff I kind of enjoyed. And, um, and, and to be honest, I kind of kept yearning to seeing more documentary stuff. I know they wanted to insert William in this episode. They wanted to um, insert Emiko to some degree in this episode. But, like, I, the only thing that was weird to me was that, I mean, the per- this person had such, the, whoever was proved that documentary, such great access. I'm like, I mean, she's right there when the mayor is, like, chewing out Dinah. I'm like, someone who works yeah, in that TV. Yeah, that didn't feel realistic. Someone yeah. who works in TV, who works with, like, you know, we work <laughs> with, like, big wigs and politicians and, and, and following them and stuff. I there's just no way that they would get the access they got. They, She's they, like, I was promised full access. Oh, like, you know, they're following, they're following police into like raids <laughs> like and that, stuff like, you know, against like a supervillain. <laughs> like that's that's that scene. That yeah, was I don't think HBO has has full access to everything that goes on during Hard Knocks uh, in the NFL. Yeah, and I assumed like when they were in like the scenes where they were like fighting the guy or they were chasing down a villain, like I assumed they the cameras were like body cameras, the cops were. So when I realized that no, the, the TV crews were there, I'm like that. There's the police, like they would never allow that. You know the the lawsuit that could happen, like if they got shot or something, <laughs> like like it would be. Or even if they signed away their rights, you know the public opinion fight they would have if like <laughs> the liability they would have if they something happened to one of those people. So some of this stuff was extremely unrealistic, but I just thought it had some really cool moments that I I did enjoy. Um, Overall, it, it I think the met, the episode served its purpose in regards to getting Team Arrow kind of back together, which I didn't expect to happen. I it kind of came out of nowhere. They really didn't tease it, but now all of them are, are now deputies under the, the uh, SCPD, and, and I, I think they kind of set the tone of, of to, as to why while this is not maybe the Team Arrow that we remember, where like they just only work for Team Arrow, like. They they are now a unit again. And I thought Curtis, I mean, uh, I thought Diggle's speech to Oliver was effective in terms of powerful moments in this episode. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I wasn't feeling this episode like, really? like uh, it was okay. The villain was awful. 
villain was absolutely terrible. Trash. <laughs> From a wrestling standpoint, like you can't have that villain just defeat Emiko. Like it, like that's like right. that's like that's like if a jobber like like beat Seth Rollins. So like I'm now saying. it's like well like Seth Rollins is like a, a chump. He lost this guy. Honestly, like I look at Emiko Queen now. It's kind of a way. I'm like. Emiko Queen and, and and Wild Dog couldn't beat this dude, this ran this random dude. There's some random guy in some. He, you know how clunky this guy looks. Yeah, like swinging around. Yeah, it's like not the greatest. Oh, his suit is so strong, and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm done. And when they reveal that like, he's just some some Yahoo fan, some, I'm like, some oh, fan, some crazy. That, fan. That's what we were doing. I'm this like, week. yo. And they so, made, they yeah. build and they built him up like a they beast. Built this guy up, they're like, oh, he, Chimera. He beat. He beat. Uh, he beat. Oh, hell no. He he's, beat... He's collecting he, he beat Ragman. I'm like, yo, like, really? This I'm like, dude? yo, is this another throwing star? I'm like, no, I'm like, no this guy <laughs> has to make this guy a beast. It's just some, <laughs> some super fan. And he's beating now what is one of your main characters of the season? That that was a, not a good decision. I agree with that. Yeah, so I wasn't feeling that at all. So I, Terrible booking. Yes, terrible booking. Only Vince McMahon <laughs> could have booked this episode of, of Arrow. Yeah, so I was I was very not happy with that. The documentary thing was throwing me off. Um, I mean, at first I was like, "Oh, this is interesting," um, but I got—I just got annoyed with it very quickly. And um, I mean, I guess it was cool seeing them kind of speak on camera. It's like a weird kind of like uh, that was cool, yeah, yeah. And then Barry Allen, Barry Allen showed up. Yeah, then Barry Allen showed. That was funny. That was really good. That was awesome. But uh, but yeah, I mean that I mean that was cool. But I again, that's I don't know. I didn't I didn't need it. I didn't need it. Not for a whole episode. Not for a whole episode. William was getting on my nerves like the whole episode. Yeah, it, William we, was interesting. What do we think of William Kendall? You, no, you no, say no, you William, right, William's getting on my nerves. What do you say? See, I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be like when I saw him like acting crazy. I'm like, man, this stupid kid. But then like <laughs> so I stepped so back that, and I was like, Kendall, he's another Andy Strucker. He is, yeah, honestly, I should, I should be the last person. I hate him. <laughs> Still hate him. But I feel like he has way more reason to be frustrated than Andy Strucker. Andy Strucker was just an angry kid for no reason. <laughs> I feel like this kid was a normal kid that, like, had life some crazy ruined. stuff happen to yeah, him. Yeah, his life was ruined. That's yeah, cool. like, yo, you told you got to go to a, a random boarding school because your dad is a, super, a, a, a superhero who's going to jail. And also, like, his mom was killed. Down. Also, his mom was killed right in front of him. Like, exactly. not that long ago. Like, we forgot about all of that. Like, his life so, is messed up. Exactly. So, like, I like I stepped back, and when they when they probed into why he had his problems, I was like, this makes complete sense. I also, it seemed to me like they also were probing that he's having issues with um, his sexual orientation. Clearly, I think that him with Zoe, like those conversations he had, her kind of like going, "Oh, was it a girl?" He's like, "Kinda," and it's like, oh, "Okay," because we know he's gay because he he mentioned that in the future. So, I think that's also part of this too. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I don't know if it. I don't know if they hit the beats for me for this to work because I also- I, picked, I picked up on that, but he just seemed so angry. And like Kendall was saying, because his anger seemed in some ways valid, when they kind of threw that in there also, I'm like, okay. Well, that's also a reason to kind of be confused at this moment in his life. But now it just seems kind of like unbridled rage. And it doesn't really now make much sense. Does that make sense to you guys? 
I, I, I thought the, uh, you mentioned the Barry scene. I thought the uh, scene with, uh, what's his name, Wild Dog, when he sees William pull up in his house, that was also like That was a great wow. scene, too. Yeah, that was a great scene. Um, <laughs> like and I, lo- I know it was good. Like Also, I love how like the, the writer's arrow like covered all that tracks. Like they made sure Wilo was like, I didn't know you were still in town. Cause like again, like you would think like beyond just him showing up, there's a lot of things that are like very weird. Like okay, where are your parents? How'd you get here? Why you're even here? Yeah, how do you guys know each other? How do you, how are you talking? How do you know each other? How are you, how talking, are you, when you were talking? In boarding school. Like there, there was a lot of t- stuff that they had to cover in a short amount of time. And shout out to the actor that played Wild Dog because he played it off well. Yeah, Gonzalez, yeah. Gonzalez, because like that's a lot of questions that like aren't wouldn't come up in a normal conversation the way he did that you have to act out and make it look credible. And he did. And because he's a very good actor and he has that role down packed. Um and his emotion in the scene and like his physical cues in the scene did enough to kind of cover all that up. That like so much had to be explained with him popping up and how it was kind of ridiculous. Right. But Wild Dog and Gonzalez's role, uh, uh, portrayal of um, of Wild Dog in that scene, like, it didn't matter. All that stuff didn't matter because it was just great. And I kind of dig seeing those characters interact, you know? I kind of dig seeing, like, Wild Dog interact with William. I don't know if we've ever seen that. I dig seeing William interact with, uh, with Zoe. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Especially since we've seen them interact in the future. Yeah, exactly. We know that they're, they're, they're semi-close in the future. Yeah, that was fun to see. I mean, this episode for me was just a downer because the conflict was such BS, you know. I mean, the character moments were fine. The documentary I just wasn't big on. And and but the, it, everything I, and I was excited because the preview last week, I was like, yo, who's this guy? Yeah, they made they, this guy's they messing stuff him. up. Yeah, I'm like, it's some some weird guy in some stupid suit like that's just hard to hit or some something. And it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I just I was very, very disappointed by that. Um, so yeah, I, I just wasn't feeling it. I, I, I hear you guys on that. Um, what do we make at the end of this episode? The end of this episode left me very confused. So you know, you know the end, the episode ends with like, you know, yeah, the, the documentary future. of Oliver, you know, bringing them to the lair and him kind of feeling, like, I'm bringing this back. And in the future, you see that the chick that was at the fight club was watching watching this actual documentary from years ago which is actually kind of, I thought it was a really cool flashback maybe one of the best ones a flash forward flash to flashbacks forward. I think flash forward to flashback I think that was one of the best transitions they've ever done on the series cause like I'm watching like why does it look TV and why does it look weird and all of a sudden I see it's, I was like she looks familiar and you realize oh my god this is a flash forward and then you see John Diggle Jr then I was really confused cause we haven't really been introduced to him in this season but clearly he has a relationship with this girl and they go back to the lair and they say, you know, this is where, this is, like, I'm happy that the lair is destroyed because this is, like, what, you know, Vigilante did to Star City. I, I, it just seemed like a very confusing end to the episode. Kendall, did you take anything from the end of this? Uh, it, it didn't tell me much. I, I it wasn't, a, it wasn't a flashback where I was, like, or a flash forward that I was, like, it was a weird way to end the end the show. Is what I was. It didn't it didn't like maybe go oh what. It's kind of just like oh okay, you know I I think it's one of those deals where they're just trying to uncover they're trying to hint and uncover like a mystery. Supergirl ended a similar way this week, um, where you know they're trying to continue to unravel something, but it's not supposed to be an OMG moment type of ending. You know I think we'll understand it going forward, but 
we're, we're not supposed to understand it now. I saw it's weird. I agree with you, but I think it's weird to insert someone like Connor Hawk in that scene for a scene that you know is not going to make any sense. Like, like first of all, you need to explain where did he come from? You can't just drop him in there and then I'm supposed to also be in... Like, now you're just adding on to the confusion. Because this woman saying she hates vigilante, we know Connor Hawk is a vigilante. He's also John Diggle Jr., like, there's a lot to... Is the Green Lantern... Like, the Green Arrow... There's a lot to be had. Is he the Green Arrow in this universe? Like, what's what the hell is going on? Yeah. I mean, that is interesting. Um, you know, I... I say all to say I'm very happy to see him, though. <laughs> right. Wait, I'm just very confused. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, of course I don't know, because I didn't write the show. But it's, like... I feel like, I mean, I'm not as hyped just because I have to see what this, I don't know what's going on with the future. They've shown so much. And I feel like this is kind of just an added, um, it's just something added to just maybe even more <laughs> confused. I'll be honest. I think the future storyline is going off the rails a little bit. I'm going to say it now. We're at episode whatever we are now. We have no idea what's going on. That's not good. I agree. Like, like at a certain point, there has to be some direction. And as we've seen with the other, the flashbacks, you know, the flashback that had no direction were the ones that were most, that were most screwed. Um, obviously, the the the, the dude rider that had no direction for a long time. You didn't know what the deal was. It took him forever to realize that it was a totem in connection to. Uh, to dark that made, but it took forever even us to get to that point. We just saw Alfred being tortured and stuff. We didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, the ones that were a lot more direct, like you know the the, the deterioration of uh, Slade Wilson, where you kind of just clearly see how the story is going along, that made more sense because it was very much direct. You saw what was happening. These this has been like a, a kind of going around in circles thing that was exciting at first, but now. I don't know, Kendall. Do you feel like the... I feel like the flash-forwards are kind of, again, kind of going off the rails a little bit. Uh, I, It's, I mean, again, I, I understand that they're building to something. And, you know, I'll be patient. And, look, if the punchline is something that's terrible, sometimes it is. Sometimes they build to something where I'm like, I didn't care about any single anything. You know, like, like the Damien Dark flashbacks. I was... We knew it was trash, but... I, I feel like, I, I mean, I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but in my head, I feel like I was probably like, yeah, I'll give this time. We'll see where this ends. And it ended in you know, such a flat way that I was like, this entire thing was a complete waste of time. So, I mean, I, I do agree that they're kind of in, in no man's land right now. Uh, but I, I'll give them time. I think there's there could be a very interesting story to tell. Because why go to the future for something that isn't interesting or something that isn't gonna be like whoa that's the only thing that i'm like i'm holding out is that like flash forwards have more upside than flashbacks do because again flashbacks can only be but so crazy because you know certain characters are only going to be there uh and there are story reasons has been established so you know right so much can be changed or be surprising um let's move on to supergirl 
Uh, as we move on to Supergirl to end the show, I do want to give a quick shout out and congratulations on this breaking news that uh, Melissa Benos and uh, Chris Wood are now engaged as of like a couple hours ago. So, oh, congrats. So, shout out to them. Uh, there was a round, if we had a soundboard, I would do my round of applause <laughs> soundboard effect. We don't have that yet. But uh, that's dope. Uh, obviously, you know, they met, I think, you know, through this show. And, you know, of course, if you guys don't know, Chris Wood played Monel on the show. So they were on-screen romance, and now they're uh, off-screen, soon-to-be-married romance. So that's dope. Congrats to them. On to uh, Supergirl for these episodes. Um, interesting episodes. Uh, first one, we see, um, you know, C- Colonel Haley, I think, kind of going a little bit of a war path in terms of trying Feeling like I have to know who Supergirl is. And oh yeah, you didn't. You aren't with me. Me kind of. Oh discuss. y'all, y'all talked about that. Yeah. Okay, good. So I was sorry. I was not here for that episode. So I'm glad. So that was kind of crazy. But staying on this episode, <laughs> Blood Memory. So of course the, uh, the the end result of that one was um was uh, uh what's the name losing her Alex, memories. Yeah. Alex having her Miami memory wiped by mm-hmm. uh, John Johns. And this episode is kind of the the fall off from that we see in the beginning. Uh, Alex kind of being very cold to Supergirl out in the field. Um, even there being some smaller effects when they play game night, you know, where, you know, while they're still dominant as a duo, there's some things she doesn't know. Like, you know, how Supergirl's movie, favorite movie actually was Wizard of Oz and how it related to Supergirl's upbringing as an alien on another planet and how she related to, uh, to uh, Doris being a, a girl in the world by herself. Um, and that, that, that kind of is the underlying story that, that we see go on as, as well as Alex kind of not being herself, not being very sharp when it came to, uh, interrogating the dude bros who took the, the, the souped up drugs. I gotta say that was one of the most ridiculous things we really done. <laughs> you guys, I mean, there are a voltage from all the way in Kaznia. Spark, like sparked a electrical current that went all across the it's world. Like gamma radiation. He said gamma, it was radi- gamma radiation. Gamma radiation all across the world to that specific bus that happened to have pills, pills. that turned purple. I mean, yeah. you talk about and then they turned to random aliens. And then they turned to random aliens temporarily who go on murderous rampages. I mean, you talk about suspending disbelief, suspending belief or disbelief, whatever the term is, man. You guys, you gotta really just not be paying attention to just think that was okay. That was awful, terrible, terrible story writing. I think in that regard, um, <laughs> the dreamer I, stuff I thought was was great. Uh, I enjoyed learning about her and her background. I thought they told a good story with that. What were you gonna say, Kendall? No, yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. Basically, like I looked at that as the the whole you know, like you said, the whole. Uh, <laughs> Uh, alien pill thing or whatever. I looked at that as the B storyline. You know that I I thought the Nia and all stuff was the A storyline. So yeah, this is the Nia. Yeah. This is the Nia origin. Yeah. So I I didn't overall as an episode. I thought it was a good episode only because you know the A storyline worked as bad as the B storyline was. Yeah, the B storyline was hella trash. Terrible. Um, and I thought I thought the C storyline with Jimmy was interesting. But we'll get to that later. As far as the A storyline, I thought this was a great A storyline. Um, 
learning about Nia because there was I feel like Nia was an interesting character because she kind of has been around, but there's so much about her that they just really never explored. Uh, they didn't really explore like her history of being uh, transgendered and what that how she went through that because we know she's an alien. So like I, I was very confused about that. I'm like, like how is she an alien? Yeah, when she said she was an alien, I was like, wait, so was she lying? Well, I knew she wasn't lying because like, that's a big part of like they celebrated this was a, a transgender hero right. on the show. So my thing was, like, okay, was she transgender in her other planet? I, there just was a lot that had to be explained, and it was kind of bizarre that they took so long. The story now makes plenty of sense. I mean, she's she's not she's an alien, but she's like half alien, half human. So she is human. And even the the scene like the planet that they're from is similar to Krypton. That like the people on the planet look human. Yeah, they're humanoid. Yeah, they're humanoid. So it's you know, so she she really they're only a she's only alien in the sense that she's literally just from a planet that's not Earth. Everything else about her. And of course, she has superpowers. Everything else about her is alien. But I, I thought telling the story of like you know this this like you know this power that they have that's passed down from woman to woman, uh, mother to daughter, and you know the fact that she got this power. I thought that was a first of all. I thought that was a powerful statement by CW and by this show to have that happen to tell a story of something being passed down from mother to daughter, and for the daughter who was not born a woman who is transgender but we know the the, the plight and the the and the, and the the and the plight of the transgender society and transgender community about how you know being born outside of your body you feel like uh being some a gender that's not you and them telling that story that like you know while maybe she wasn't born a woman so to speak uh she was she is a woman because in her head in her body in her mind she is a woman and her powers transfer transferred to from their mother to her daughter, who actually is her daughter, regardless of what she was born as. I thought that that was a really powerful statement just in itself. Um, but I just thought it was a dope episode, just seeing kind of like how her powers worked and 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 um, and that kind of inner family strife we saw with the, you know, her mother and her parents kind of definitely, you know, even though, she, you know, Nia said, like, my parents were ready to support, you could tell that they definitely leaned into that older daughter more. Like, she was definitely... The star, the one, you know, and um, and seeing okay, like you know, while I'm sure they still love her, like clearly there is still something there, uh, and then seeing that you know when it was revealed that Nia was the one with the powers and not um, and not the daughter who who they just assumed would have it. I think a lot of it because she was born a woman and all of that, um, and then seeing how that deteriorated, I think all that stuff was just really interesting and fascinating. Um, I think uh, the young woman who played Nia, can't remember her name at the moment, but I thought she was great in this episode. I loved her conversation with Supergirl in the car and Supergirl revealing herself and why, you know, she revealed herself. I thought that was a really great OG moment for Kara because, you know, at this point we're in season four now. I mean, Kara is like a, she's a seasoned superhero. Like, she's not a kid no more. You know, she's Supergirl, but she's a woman. And I thought that was like a dope, like, woman moment. She almost was like pissed. She's like, I'm doing this because you need to like get out of your feelings and understand that you're not alone, that you have a family and that you can do great things. And like seeing Kara who oftentimes does sometimes express uncertainty about who she is and, and her ability to show that strength in that scene, I thought it was powerful. I thought this episode had a lot of powerful moments. I enjoyed it a lot outside of what I thought was the foolishness revolving anything involving the drugs. I thought all of it was really 
Um, yeah, I thought this episode was... Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was better than the last one. Uh, the last one had a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, anger. You saw how much. I was starting. I, mean, I didn't realize you started, so you got to know how I felt about that episode. Yeah, too. I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but me and Kendall felt a, type, a certain type of way about the, that can, episode as well. I can hear. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm glad we, we stepped away from that from that uh, for a moment and got back to just kind of the main the, <laughs> the, main, the main cast. Um and uh, then I like this. This was a Neonol origin, and I thought it was a good, well-told origin. I didn't expect to care about it. I was expecting to dislike it. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting to be like, okay, this is boring. You know, yeah, yeah, she's dreamer. Let's get to the part where she's dreamer. But it's, it was actually good. It was well-told. Yeah. You know, and they did a good job of portraying the issue and, um, you know, setting up the problem in the household and and everything. And, and, and you could easily relate to it and see what was happening. And yeah. it was good. It was very, very good. It was and very shout well out to told. the moms who was the uh, who was the doctor in uh, the gifted. I knew I had seen her she's somewhere. Doctor. Was she? Yeah, yeah I knew I had doc- seen her somewhere. You're right about that. Yeah, she's, we yeah, thought she's was, like crazy. We doctor. thought was good people, good people. Yeah, we thought she was good, but and she like then, wasn't. So I, it's funny. I watched this episode, and I'm thinking that we're gonna see the same turn. Like she's gonna be good people for most of it, and then when she realizes Nia is the one, she's gonna wall out. But she was actually great with it. Obviously, we saw, um, and she was very supportive of it. And it was the sister who wild out. But I, I, cause because we saw what happened on The Gifted, and we saw how, like, as soon as, like, you know, they tried to ruin her work, which was, again, as we talked about in the show, messed up. She yeah, was it was like, catchy. Dude, it's all trash. And, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you were, I thought you were an ally, dog. Um, I thought we may see that here, and I was happy that she, like, embraced Nia. That was great. Yeah, that was good. But shout out to her because she was doing two. It's rare to see a woman doing one episode knockoffs or, on two different shows. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's rare. Um, but yeah, I thought that storyline worked very well. Um, as you said, EJ, that that storyline with the pills and the kids selling drugs, and then they get jumped by the agents of liberty, and um, you know, the agents of liberty start taking the drugs to just go bash some random, random festival. Like that, that also didn't make sense too. Because like, don't the agents of liberty hate aliens? Why would they want to be aliens? Why do they want to be aliens? That doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. That doesn't make any sense. But I'm just like, I don't know, man. These people, but whatever. So I, <laughs> that, so that, that stuff was all bad. Yeah, it didn't make it. It was all bad. But, um, you know, and then the girl took the, the stuff. She, she drove anyone, all the way down. Is she anyone important? I feel like she got a lot of screen time for someone that I didn't know who she was. I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be a message. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Right. I just say, oh, you know, the little guy, Supergirl, why are you picking on the little guy or whatever? Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, but. I did think that, I did think, not to cut you off, Shamari, I did think that it was, I, they were slick with how they kind of told that story of the fight, the fight that broke out at the barn. And, and it being, you know, because Alex was from the perspective of like, you know, like, because Supergirl was getting that, you know, the woman who looked like an alien. Uh, who was attacking them, who she thought was a Asian Liberty, and, she, and Alex is like, that's not Asian Liberty, that's a kid. Like, get your hands off of them. And uh, Kara's standpoint being like, you know, well, stop shooting at the the good aliens. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. It was these yahoos who came in and messed everything up. There's a lot of Black Lives Matter versus, uh, versus uh, you know, 
MAGA people or Antifa versus Proud Boys. Like, there's a lot of stuff there with like how we view violent outbursts in this country that were all weaved in to that scene. And that was this episode was so weird because sometimes there's some great writing. I think that was great writing. Then they had the stuff with the pills. It's like, did the same person write this episode? I mean, Shannon uh, Coley uh, was directed it. It was there was some weird moments, but I, I thought that that was very cool how they did that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this episode, but it was okay. Uh, the Jimmy and um, uh, and Lena stuff. I'm like, all right, that's that's interesting. I want to see where this goes, um, and I want to see uh, Lex. I'm sad at this point. When they release that photo, I'm like, all right, now I want to see Lex Luthor. So that's kind of how I feel at this point. Yeah, I mean, there was no doubt to me that Jimmy was gonna kill that story. You know, and it's like, but like, if that's your girl, I mean, you you can't, you know, she's doing something wild. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like. What he did was not surprising, um, but I'm sure there will be consequences for it. Uh, Kendall, what do you, what do you make of uh, this episode 11, Blood Memory? Uh, yeah, like I said, I thought the Nia storyline was good. Uh, I thought it went well. Um, I thought the uh, the 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 Jimmy storyline was interesting. I, I think there's obviously still more to that that'll be that'll unfold, but. Um, I, I, it was strange that he, you know, would, would cover up that that situation. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what's the word. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's consistent with what we've seen from Jimmy's character, but mm, you know, I, I could I could see that. <laughs> but that's what surprised me. I was like, pretty sinister thing to do for somebody who's been very much a Boy Scout this whole time. But uh, beyond that, we also had. Uh, like you said, that whole Children of Liberty storyline or whatever with the 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 alien tech um, or the alien pills rather, and that didn't work. Uh, the one thing I mentioned earlier when I was talking about Arrow is that that last scene. I, I'm not sure where they were going with the whole or where they're going to the yeah, Russian Supergirl from America to help them. I mean, I have to think that's like Luthor, right? It's gotta be. I, I, I didn't know who it was until you just mentioned it. Yeah, that's got to be who it is, right? Yeah, that was what I thought. I was like, oh. Is this Lex know. Luthor's clone, maybe? And he I, that's what I think. I think, this is, I think he's funding this. Or right. He's, yeah. Probably. That all makes sense. Yeah, that's probably what's happening. And we're doing something similar. We're going to get probably something similar to what we got in, you know, Reign of Superman. Reign of Superman. But, like, the, the new Superboy type thing. Right. But this this Kara is like not young. Like this is, you know, she's the same age. Right, the clone, yeah. Kara. But like he may be trying to craft a different superhero, whether it's a villain or a like a hero, a fake hero. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you think that call has to be the America to call to um, to Lex, but uh, well, who knows? Who's to say that he doesn't have a bunch of other clones? That of Supergirl, like maybe we will get that Supergirl young version, but like maybe this thing you realize that this version who was old like failed and like they can't fix her. You know who knows? All right. So um, I agree. I do, I do think it has to be to, to Lex. But um, yeah, this was this episode was weird. It's kind of a mixed bag. 
Uh, I think it was good overall because I think the main storyline was just really, really well handled. Can someone explain to me, though, why the mom died again? I was a little confused. She was bit by a spider. What was the spider? That's one of the things I didn't really, like, I didn't care. It didn't you matter. Know, so, like, you know, like, you know, I'm like, right. I, I kind of was watching. I was like, oh, she's dead. And I was like, a spider's crawling out her leg. And I'm like, what's the spider supposed to do with this? I don't know. I, I felt like I missed something. I probably did. Um, those, I mean, the dream. Whenever you have a dream sequence like that, it's always going to be like confusing. So I feel it's one of those things you would have paid attention, like more to the first couple. May have like the puzzles may have like fit together better. But I think you know I kind of overlooked the first couple, and then like when they got <laughs> when the intensity went up, I was like, oh, I understand what's happening, but like I don't, you know. So I'm guessing that they all fit together if you watch them consecutively. I think that's a good place to wrap the show, though, guys. So thank you guys all for listening to the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Be sure you check out all of our podcasts on the SoundCloud Network. Uh, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud iTunes. I was say, we changed the name? No, we're not the SoundCloud <laughs> Network. Yeah, thank you, SoundCloud, for hosting our podcast. <laughs> we're teaming up with yeah. SoundCloud. We're, we're, we have no okay, partnership we're, we're we're with pod, the SoundCast beyond them just hosting. Uh, we, better, we better lawyer up, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, you can find our podcast on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Um, you can follow, uh, follow us on our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Make sure you subscribe to that. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod, on Instagram at New Generation Podcast, and on Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow Shamari on Twitter, uh, excuse me, on, on Instagram. And on Snapchat, MCChan22. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram at ActionEJ. Again, we'll be, back, we'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. Thank you guys so much for joining us. For Kendall, for Shamari, I'm EJ. Peace.